Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. With a friend, we believe in this book, the Bible. There's about four of us that do. We believe in this book, the Bible. We believe it's the most precious, most relevant word, book you could ever read. If you haven't got a Bible, then you need to speak to one of them in the Here to Help t-shirts. They will help you to, to be able to get a free copy of the Bible. They'll even point you on where to start reading as well, because it's a big book. But this book that, we, that, that, we're, that I've just commented on, when I say, can you turn to, this is the book that we're talking about. This is the book that we're talking about. Now, all the verses will come on the screens, but I'm just letting you know, these aren't Josh's words made up or Phil's words made up or Paul's words or my words. These are God's word from the Bible that we're reading. So we take them very, very, we make them very, very important to us. Is that okay? And we're going to be teaching from the Bible this morning. And because it's Vision Sunday, I just want to inspire us. I've been, I've been bubbling in my heart. Something's been stirring. And I know I've just taken 20 minutes in a vision context, which is important. So I'll endeavor to just be sharp in terms of time. But I want to say this, and I want you to be interactive with me if you, if you can. Don't just fold your arms and look at me. You might have had a, a tough night last night, but be like Gordon. Be the, be the chief cheerleader, okay, this morning. But who's ever had an exciting day? Who's ever, yeah, I've had some really, really exciting days in, in, in my life. I, I, and, and some of them are a bit trivial. Some of them are huge, which I'll comment on. But, you know, my first job, I remember getting suited and booted up as a 16-year-old. I got a job in the bank and I remember just, just excited about going for my first day, leaving school and going to the, to the workplace. I was excited about that. It was, a, it was an absolutely fantastic day. I also remember my first time on a plane. Now, my kids have been on planes since they were babies, but I didn't get on a plane, I think, until I was about 16, 17. So it was a really, really exciting day when we just came up to this aircraft, and I was like, wow, I wonder what this is going to be like. We're going to be in the air, and I can see everything. It was absolutely fantastic days. I remember as well, taking our Isaac to his first Liverpool match. And hopefully the guys are queued up at the back and hearing and watching this. Put it up loud, guys. Come on, put it up loud. Oh, I just want to get my scarf and just... Oh, wonderful. Come on, guys. Come on. You're you're all miserable. Come on. Oh, look at it. It's Stevie G there. Oh, my goodness. Come on, take it down. They've had enough. They're a miserable lot, okay, this morning. I was so excited to to have my son watching and hearing the, the, the greatest theme tune that resounds through all of sport. It is, you'll never walk alone. Some exciting days, but here's an important one. Getting married. What a day that was when Caroline and I got married. Just significant day. But also the birth of our four kids. I want to tell you, for those who have ever had children, it's just pure joy. It's just pure elation. Somebody asked me, did I cry? I cried over every four. It didn't get any less. It was just wonderful, a wonderful experience to be able to see these children and to know that they're well and they're healthy 
And there was a sense of relief, but just, oh, wow. And then the most precious kids, you, you can't see any of the gunk on their heads or whatever. You just, wow. Yeah. Exciting days. It's exciting days, particularly around when I think about that one, because we were birthing something new. We were birthing something new. And I guess I, I live my ministry around these real thoughts because I get excited. There's, there's not really a month that doesn't go by. I can't say I'm like it every day, but where I'm not excited because I just get a sense that we're birthing something new. Always looking for the new thing of God. God, what are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to say? What are you wanting to say to me? What are you wanting to do in me? What are you wanting to do through me? What are you wanting to do in the church? And I want to encourage you this morning, guys, around three thoughts. So you're still okay. You're still with me. A lot of activity, but just stay with me. Because I think there's some things that are really, really important that are both personal and collectively important to us. And I, and I really think they're important as we just draw our response to the 2020 vision offering. Because there's three things that I felt the Lord specifically lay on my heart. You've heard me talk about these things before. They won't be new to you, but I just wanted to draw them into one complete message because these are the three things that I just think that God is wanting to birth something new. First of all, I want everybody to just tap your neighbor or nudge your neighbor gently and just say this word, see, see, see. Everybody do it. Don't, don't, don't uh, bomb out of it. See, God is wanting to birth Something new in the area of our sight. Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19, reading from the message, says this. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Let's just pause for a moment. I, I, I just know some of you just keep going over old history. The things of the past. And God says, don't keep doing it. And then he says, be alert. Be present, because I'm about to do something brand new. Help me this morning, just again tap the neighbour and say brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. I'm about to do something brand new. God says, listen to me, forget what's going on in the past. I'm about something, I'm, I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. You can just hear the prophetic word of God. He's saying, it's just, it's just ready to come out. It's like you're birthing something new. And then, he, and then he asks this rhetorical question. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers, in the wasteland. I've wore glasses for probably around 30 years. But more recently, my optician said this would happen to me. And Caroline went before me. I was bragging off to the optician. I said, I'm fine. Then months later, mine went because we were short-sighted, which means we can't see things in the distance. But he says, at some point, your close-up sight is going to go as well. Caroline's went and I thought I was okay. And then all of a sudden it just went. So now I'm in the position of needing very focals. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, you need both. So there and there. It opened up a brand new world to me. Of not just distance, but also closeness. You see, God wants us to see not just what is close up, but he wants us to see what is afar. 
And some of us need to get a real understanding. God almost needs to download a spiritual pair of glasses on us. You don't need to go to Specsavers for this. You don't need to go to Scrivens the Opticians. You just need to go to heaven and say, God, help me to see. Because God is wanting to do a new thing in your life and in the life of the church. But here's the question. What do you need to let go of from your past? Honestly, I just can't even get my enthusiasm. I wish I could just literally inject it into you because I know it's a word from the Lord for certain people at different stages. What do you need to let go of from your past? Your past is disabling you from walking into your future. And some of you, it's been good. And the good can be the enemy of the best. God is wanting us to walk into something new. Though it's bursting out, don't you see it? I'm wanting to do a new thing, God says. Secondly, what is God wanting to show you anew? He may have showed you some things in the past. Paul has showed you some things in the past. John, Sandy has showed you some things in the past. But what is God wanting to show you anew? What is the new thing that God is wanting us to walk in to? And what is the new thing of God that he's about to do? Again, I say, God asked this question. It's bursting out, don't you see? It's like a rhetorical question. And we need to be people that see. Let me just say, I just believe that there's a, a renewed sense of vision that's going to arise. Because some of you think this is awesome. This is awesome. But I want to tell you, God says there's so much more than this. There's so much more than this. This is awesome. He says, praise God for what I have done in your midst. But I'm telling you, what I want to do is so much more than what I am present, what you are presently sitting in and walking in. And that is in your life as well. Who's blessed here this morning? Who just sends, I will tell you, God wants to bless you even more. What is the new thing of God? Who, who, who's blessed with kids and grandkids? God wants to do more. God is wanting to do the more in your life. He really is. So re- renewed vision. And some of you need a new revelation. I was reading this week from Habakkuk in chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, look at the nations and watch. This is God saying, and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told it. And I stand on that word. Even though I'm not presently seeing it in the physical, I am seeing it in the spiritual. I'm seeing it in the spiritual. I'm about to do something that if they were told about it, you wouldn't believe it. There's some things that God is going to walk us in at the back uh, of Arena Church and at the front and in the middle and the sides. that that it's, It's just way beyond. It's way beyond anything you thought would be possible. And God says, I'm about to do it. We've got to begin to see it. Anybody with me? We've got to begin to see it. In your husband, in your wife, in your children, in your business, in your workplace, in the neighbourhoods, in the towns, in the cities, in the villages, in the nation, across the M1 corridor. Oh God, help us to see. That's my response. I just want you to pause for a moment. Help us to see. If that's you, just quietly in your heart. Help me to see God. The new thing, renewed vision, renewed passion. Help me to see. Help me to see what you are seeing, God. The second thing, not just seeing it, but what we are about to see is always going to lead us into multiplication. It's our word for the year, prophetic word. What God is wanting to do is far beyond what you think is possible. Who'd be excited if we were to go into Belper and we had 100 people by the end of the year? My hand would be up. 
That would be amazing. But God wants to do far beyond what is possible. Who's happy from Mansfield with what God is doing amongst us here in Mansfield? Your hands should be up because it's amazing. But how many would you say, wow, that God starts to say, you know, uh, Josh, the team, what I've got planned, there's many in this town and I'm going to send them to you. And instead of being 107 average in each week, you're now going to be a 207 and 307 and 407. Who's, who's here from Ilkeston? Who's happy to be part of Ilkeston campus? Give us a wave. Lots of you who, who'd say, God, just help us to go. I mean, we're already packing the area. Help us to go to a second service and a third service and a fourth service. Help us to explode in the youth program and the kids. That's what God's wanting to do in all these areas. You see, God lives in the place of impossibilities. If it's humanly possible, God is not needed. Why is God needed if it's possible? He says, you can sort it. And that is why God is challenging us, listen to me, to walk into areas of impossibility because they say, this is where I am. People want to know where God is. I've now realized more and more, it's a revelation that's come to me over the last few months. God is in the place of impossibilities. That's where he dwells. If you want to find where he is, it's where it's impossible. That's where he is. And he'll meet with you. Because he's the God who multiplies. He took a little bit of oil you know the story, don't you, from the Bible of the, the widow. Was it the widow? Was it the woman who was, got a son and who were about thrown into prison? There's two stories, isn't there, Phil? Yeah. My, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Elisha, yeah. And took the oil. And all she had was a little bit of oil. And he said, bring it to me. He says, now go and collect a load of jars. Go and collect a load of jars. So she had to go and knock on the neighbours. Can I have your jars? They must have wondered what on earth was going about. He want for Sandy's jam. Sandy makes great jam. He want for Sandy's jam. It was, you know, it was just... And as the prophet poured the oil out, it never stopped flowing. He's the God who takes the little bit of oil and multiplies it. He's the God who takes the little boy's packed lunch. How cruel. And says there's five pieces of bread and there's two fish. And he blesses it and multiplies it. And it feeds thousands. But listen to me. He's the God who took 40 people on a windswept cold night in Field Mill. Now called one called Stadium. 40 people. And uh, oftentimes the central eating wasn't working. It was ditched. Was it the Kevin Pete? Kevin Bird. That's it. Kevin Bird sweet. That's where we were. It took 40 people. Who can remember? There's one or two of you can remember those days. It took those 40 people and gave us the miracle of all miracles for us to walk us into this building. A 30,000 square foot building. It right smack bang in the centre of all the nighttime economy. One of the most prominent buildings in Mansfield. And says, there you go, lads. Now get at it. He's the God who multiplies. He's the God who takes some baked beans and some tuna, Tina, uh, Lisa, and, and, and just puts it, you know, they were placing them on there with pasta and all the rest of it on the, on the pallet. And out of that, we've now got houses, factory, a factory unit, training centres, thousands of people. Listen to me, he's the God who multiplies. He's the God who multiplies. He takes what? Naturally, we have, and as we offer it to him, 
He multiplies it. And there's nothing strange about it. There's nothing, in some ways, there, there is a mystical side to it, but it's just, it's just God. It's what God does. He's the God who multiplies. Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3, he reminds us clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. And for those who think I need to calm myself down a little bit and not get so excited, I've got, I've got a reason why I should, because God tells me I should do this. He says, spread out, and then he says, think big. So I'm, I'm going I'm to keep, I'm not bothered what you have to say to me. I'm not going to be pressed in by what their thoughts and opinions are by the church and what anybody else has to say. I'm not even going to be living according to your reactions. I'm going to live according to the Bible. And he yeah. says, make your tents large, spread out and think big. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> he says that we're going to need plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your grown family. I want to call it out this morning. I want to call it out. In what areas do you desperately need God to help you? Where do you need God to help you? Where do you need multiplication? Where do you need breakthrough? We heard it as Josh led us. Where, where do we need it? I want to tell you is wanting to multiply you in your business, your influence, your ability, your reach, your finances, your family, your authority. We just need to listen. Listen, we just need to receive it. In that place of prayer, in that place of gathering, we just need to receive it in Jesus' name. We need to clear lots of ground. We need to get ourselves ready. We need to spread out. We need to think big in Jesus' name. I'm calling out of you in Jesus' name. Some of you in this moment need to say, I know where it is, Christian. Just begin. God, I just receive it now. I receive the multiplication. I receive the multiply effect. I receive that place of impossibility. I'm going to walk in it in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be diminished. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to keep walking into all that you have for me, says the Lord. So we need to see and we need to see the multiplication. But the third thing I want to say is this. We have a promise. We have a promise. I want to tell you the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And on the 2nd of January 2019 of this year, in my personal journal, I was reminded of an Old Testament passage and a recent encouragement. And it's found in Joshua in chapter 1. And I want to read three verses to you. In Joshua 1 and verse 3, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And then verse 6, he says this, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. This was a personal word for me, but it was a personal word for the church. And it consists of three promises and one condition. The three promises, and some of you need to get this in your spirits. Just, we're still good on time. Just let this soak into your spirit. Are you still with me this morning? Let this soak. Oh, Jesus, I pray that this would soak into every heart as I share it, as I declare it. In Jesus' name. The first thing I want to say is that God says to us, the land is ours. And it's plentiful. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot. 
This land that God is drawing us into, that he's leading you into. And of course, land in the Old Testament spoke of crops and of territory. But here we see in this new covenant in Jesus, it speaks of people. It speaks of influence. It speaks of territory. That's what we're talking about. This land is ours and it's full of plentiful fruit. It's not grapes and melons and pomegranates. It's people. It's people's lives being changed. In every area of society, as I look across Mansfield as a drive-in, areas that are seemingly doing well and areas that are not doing so well. But I want to tell you, in the good and the bad, there are people who have issues. And we're believing in Jesus' name that we're going to see these people come to faith. Can I hear a big resounding amen? The land is ours and it's plentiful. I want to tell you, get this in your heart. You are blessed. You are favoured. If you're a believer in Christ, you know Jesus. He calls you blessed. He calls you highly favoured. You are a child of the living God. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are someone who belongs to God. He calls you blessed. He calls you favoured. The problem is we don't walk in it. He says, if you will keep my requirements... If you will love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. If you will let go of these little gods that try and surround your life. That include relationships, sex, power, money. If you let go of those things that you think are so important because the world tells you they're important and they're not. If you will let go of those things and you will love me. And you will love your neighbour as you love yourself. I will bless you. Because they're the kind of people that I want to bless. Guys, we can't get away from it. We need to keep his requirements. We can't say we're highly favoured and blessed and then live as we please. We've got to live to the requirements of God. To love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And then to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. The land is ours. And it's plentiful personalize it to you where where do you need to take ground because this leads us into the second thing the second promise that God says no enemy will be able to stand up against you I use the word no enemy we read in the New Testament it says that the devil roars around like a prowling lion seeking who he may devour Ephesians tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and evil dark forces in the heavenly realms. These are the things that are against the church of Jesus Christ. Phil often reminds us, we're not going to war, we're in a war. We're in a war. As soon as we signed up to Jesus, we're in a battle. But here we see their enemies were the Philistines and the Amalekites and whatever. They're not the enemies that we're talking about. The enemies that we're talking about operate in that heavenly places. Opposition. And the the encouragement. And I'm so glad that I received this on January 2nd because I didn't know what I was going to be walking in. It says, no enemy will be able to stand up against you. I want to tell you, I don't want to go too far, but I've had more opposition. I've had more demonic voices. I've had more demonic wrestles in these last three months than I've ever had in in my entire ministry. Literally wrestling. But I want to say that no enemy will be able to stand up against me all the days of my life. And against you all the days 
of your life. We are called to contend and persevere and stand in the heat of battle. Stand. When you have done everything, stand. Put on the full armour of God. Stand. Stand. Stand in prayer. Early morning prayers. Get out, guys. Monday prayers. Get out. We need to, we need to win the battle in the heavenlies. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Are you getting it in your spirit? And thirdly, three promises. I will be with you. As you go and take territory, as you face enemies, I love this third promise. God says to me, Christian, he whispers it. He whispered it this week again. I'm with you. I will be with you. When you go into those places that you know are dark, I'll be with you. When you don't know what to do, I'll be with you. When you're going into that home context, you don't know what you're walking into. I will be with you. When you're going to see that important decision maker about your life, I will be with you. Because verse 5 says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. Listen to me. Some of you need to listen. I will, Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are not alone. I go before you, God says. God says, I will be your shield at the front and I will be your rear guard at your back. Three promises and one condition. The condition to seeing this come about, I felt the Lord say to me, you think it's going to be some complicated thing? It isn't. Verse 6, Joshua 1 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. This is the condition. He says, Joshua, I'll do all those things. I just need you to be strong in me and very courageous. And very, very courageous. He didn't say very bolshy. He didn't say very arrogant. He said very courageous. He didn't say self-confident. He says, be strong and very courageous. Have the courage of God. Gird up with the courage of God. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. We must take hold of his promises. But we must be strong. And be courageous. A good friend of mine said recently. People in shops say to, say to him. Take care. And he says I turn it on them straight away. When anybody says to me take care. He, he says I'll turn to them. I'll say No. Take courage. I don't need to take care. I just need to take courage. And I've started doing it. When anybody, I've said, take courage. When I've been writing on notes where I'd letters, I'd normally say, take, I'm writing, take courage. This is the condition. Wherever you are going, guys, I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be weighed down. I know what it feels like to be battered. I know what it feels like to be cajoled. I know what it feels like to be in a fight. In all those practical areas, can I say to you, be strong. 
Be strong and take courage. And if you will do that, the land will be yours. No enemy will be able to stand up against you. And God says, I will be with you. Even, and Jesus says, even to the very end. 